This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. But if you have your Bibles, turn with me tonight right over to Amos chapter 9, verse 11. I asked him if they would put that up for me real quick. I like it in the, uh, the Amplified. I prefer the Amplified. But <clears throat> it's good to see all of you this evening. Amen. In that day will I rise or raise up the tabernacle of David, the fallen hut or booth, and I'll close up its breaches, and I'll raise up its ruins, and when I'll build it as in the days of old. Now that's our, our main scripture that we've been teaching off of. And we've been teaching out of Samuel and Chronicles. Thank you, babe. Of the tabernacle of David. And last Wednesday night, Kelly did a wonderful job. Pastor Kelly did a, just a, a magnificent job on bringing the ark in. And there was rejoicing and shouting and praising. And when we come to that, you know, it's almost like, well, what? When, you, when you're in the midst of praising God, it's like, wow, uh, I don't want to stop. I don't want anything to hinder that. I want the continual moving of God because we know that God moves when we praise Him. Amen? Yeah. It's like tonight, just, just doing a little singing, just worshiping Him. Yes. All of a sudden, you know, the atmosphere changed in the sanctuary. It changed. Yeah, Kelly was just all tired. Next thing I know, she's ready to sing it again. She's over looking at me. Oh, come on now, let's do it again. And, but see, that's, that's what we get accustomed to but in this passage of Scripture, when we're, when we're studying the, the, the dancing and we're talking about the praise and bringing the ark in, and that's kind of like what we were doing tonight. We were, we were ushering in the ark, amen? We were praising, and then, the, and then the ark, you know, and the presence of God comes forth, and that's beautiful. But what happens is so oftentimes, and this is why we're now at this new stage that we've brought the ark in, and tonight we're going to be talking about how do we keep the ark and the flame going. How do we keep this flame going? But, we're gonna, but I'm going to show you how that to a degree that God took a passage of Scripture, just one Scripture out of all that He's teaching about praise, and then all of a sudden He throws a little thing in for you for you to recognize, now this ought not be if we're going to continue the flame. So I would say tonight, if I was going to title this message tonight, it would be, what side of the window are you on? What side of the window are you on? So look with me now over in um, 2 Samuel, chapter 6. And I'm going to kind of just, I'm starting here where Kelly left off Wednesday night. Verse 14 of chapter 6, 2 Samuel. In the Amplified. And it says, And David danced before the Lord with all of his might, clad in a linen ephod, 
a priest's upper garment. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. Now that's what took place last Wednesday night. Brought the ark in. But now I want you to look at something here in verse 16 and stay with me on this. And let's don't jump ahead. Try to stay with me if you can. Verse 16. As the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, David's wife, looked out of the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. Now, all of a sudden, you'll notice that scripture just kind of like drops right, right into the... There's praise going on. Man, there's excitement. The glory of God is in the camp, but... God saw fit for us to recognize, uh-oh, right in the middle of praise, somebody is not in sync with what you may be doing. She's on the wrong side of the window. Now, I thought that very ironic that all of a sudden they're talking about bringing the Ark in, and there's praise, and there's dancing, and there's music, and lots of joy, but they have to bring this into play right here. Michael, Saul's daughter, David's wife, looked out of the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. Now, we're going to take up from right now. Now, I want you to notice how that just stops right there. There's no more said about it. Now, let's go on and see what it says. They brought in the ark of the Lord. Now, they're just, now, dance is right back into play again. Come on. You see what I'm saying? They brought in the ark of the Lord, and they set it in its place inside the tent, which David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. So when David had finished offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings... He blessed the people in the name of the Lord of the hosts, of the Lord of hosts. Now, before we go any further, I want to stop right there for just a moment. I want, when I was studying this, the Lord laid this on my heart to share this with you because I felt it very necessary. Our pastors so oftentimes feel the necessity and I've heard Pastor Bruce and Pastor Sandy, when, when Pastor Sandy is in exhortation on Sunday mornings or even on a Wednesday night, and now Pastor Bruce says or Pastor Sandy says something to the fact, I want to bless you tonight. Pastor Bruce, well, I've heard him a lot of times, he'll say, if you want, just come on up, I want to bless you. When I see David is the form of Christ here, the priest, and he wants to bless the people. And he's authorized to bless the people. After all, he's a man after God's own heart. But see, when the presence of God came in, what did he want to do now? Well, now that the presence of God's here, well, let's bless the people. And there's been times when the presence of the Lord would be in this place, and all of a sudden, I hear Pastor Bruce say, if you just come up, just let me, I just want to bless you. If you fail to come and get your blessing, you have really missed a great opportunity because that blessing may be the very thing that you've been praying about, seeking God for an answer about, 
whether it be a healing, whether it be a financial need. When the, when the pastor offers the blessing, take advantage of it. There's where you're, you know, and a lot of times, you know, and I, you know, and I, I've noticed that sometimes, you know, as, as, as we scan an audience sometimes in, in, in the role of leadership, and I'm up here a lot, and I see a lot, and sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll recognize and I'll say, well, man, I just got through talking to them, and they were just talking about they had a need, but, but, there's, but they're sitting back there, and the pastor done said, come up, and I'll bless you. I'm thinking, come on. <laughs> come get your blessing. <laughs> So I felt like the Lord was wanting me to share this with you. Don't miss the opportunity when the priest is offering the blessing. Because usually they only do that when the presence of the Lord is in here or on them. Hello. And you know the presence of God was all over the whole, the whole city when they're bringing the ark in. Because why? Because that, the ark was the representation of God and, and, it, and the presence of God. So next time that you hear our pastor say, I want to just bless you, or Pastor Cindy is on a Sunday morning uh, in her exhortation saying, I'm hearing the Lord saying if there's something about whether you need a healing or a touch of your body or whatever it may be, man, you need to just with both hands grab a hold of it because she's blessing you. The presence of the Lord is on her because of the presence of the Lord is in the building. We've just had praise. We've just exalted him. And he's sitting on our praise. And the anointing is on pastors. And the pastor says, I want to bless you. Don't sit there. Run and grab it. Just get every bit of it that you can get. Because if you don't, you have missed the great opportunity. Whatever it may have been, I don't know. But there's been times when I know I couldn't leave the piano. I'd say, well, Lord, that's for me. And I receive it in the name of the Father. I receive it in the name of Jesus. That's mine. Amen. There's been times Kelly's been up there and we're just praising the Lord. And Pastor Sandy's talking about something. I'm hurting or this or had a migraine or whatever. And Kelly, I look at Kelly and she's looking at me like, well, that's me. And she said, I see her. She's not. She can't come down. You know, but the pastor's saying, if that's you, receive it. Kelly's, I've seen her just take both hands. Lord, I receive it. And all of a sudden, I could tell with the expression on her face, the migraine's gone. So receive your blessing the next time that takes place. Don't run from it. Run to it. So let me, thank you for allowing me to take a rabbit trail that the Lord just laid on my heart when he said that. In verse 18, and when David had finished offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name and the presence of the Lord of hosts. He blessed the people in the name and presence of the Lord of hosts and distributed among all the people the whole multitude of Israel both to men and women to each a cake of bread a portion of meat and a cake of raisins so all the people departed each to his house now I want to stop there for just a moment because I want you to see something prior to this time this is not long after David has come to Israel to be king and the reason that the, the, uh, the Israel was came, went to Judah, where, where uh, King David was king, Judah was prospering and Israel was going bankrupt. That's right. yeah. And you got to understand that when, when David offered this, all this food to literally thousands of people, right. Israel really didn't have it to give. 
So what was he doing? He was setting in motion the blessing. You know why? Because the blessing was in the house. Presence of the Lord is. And where the presence of the Lord is, there's a desire to give unto the Lord. And David said, I'm just not only just going to bless him, but I'm going to bless him with food. And one, one particular uh, author in one of the books I read, it says, and he sent home with him a, um, a thing of what they call those back those in those days, Kelly, help me with that, uh, a thing of wine, what they call that? A skin, ba- bag of wine skins, uh, a, wine, uh, a bag of wine. Wine skins. But, but, but in the way that the, the scholar talks about it, it was just a small bag. It wasn't really anything. But when you, when you really stop to think about it, though, what he was doing, he was, he was doing just as Jesus did with his disciples. That's why he's such a pattern, a, sh- you know, a pattern of Christ himself, because what did Jesus do when he was with them? He offered them. He said, come and let us, let us eat. He blessed them with food and drink. Did he not? He said, come let us eat. Drink of the cup. Come on. And what's he doing? He's offering the bread and the wine. And not only that, but you know what the neat thing about it is at that time, according to the scholar that on that book that I was reading, those raisins at that time, they were, it was a, it was a because of the, of the disobedience of the children of Israel, the ground even was cursed. And getting, getting grapes and to have them to turn into, you know, for raisins or anything else like it was, it was like, man, this is a neat thing for David to grab, to get a hold of this. A very special thing. And God just kept pouring out on me. He said, listen, when my presence is there, you ain't lacking nothing. You need some raisins? Plenty of raisins. You need a little wine with your meat? Plenty of that too. Now, spiritual wine, Amen. <laughs> <clears throat> but then and David distributed among all the people the whole multitude of Israel verse 19 both to the men and women to each a cake of bread a portion of meat and a cake of raisins so all the people departed each to his house then David returned to bless his household then David returned Bless his household. Isn't it funny? All the, now, now we're going to go right back in with his wife coming into play here. But it, I want you to see something about Micah. <clears throat> Before I read verse 20, Micah, the word Micah means who is like God. I want you to grasp this in your heart tonight. It's also the meaning for Michael is one who is perfect. Mm. She was the daughter of a king of the line of royalty, a princess, the daughter of King Saul of the tribe of Benjamin. Everybody say tribe of Benjamin. She was bought by David with the blood of circumcision to be his wife, his bride. She saved David, her husband, from death by the hand of her father. She was taken from David and given to another man to be his wife. She was restored to David in due time. And it says that he loved her. 
And then she despised her husband in her heart, as we read a while ago, and then reproved her husband and king for his joy in dancing over the ark coming to Zion. Now, I want you to see that she's of the lineage of Benjamin. She's not only that, but she's, she's been bought through the shedding of blood. It kind of sounds like you and I, amen, with, with Jesus Christ. Have we not been bought by the, by the blood of Jesus Christ, by the shedding of the blood of Jesus? <clears throat> but she's, she's of the tribe of Benjamin, but because of being married, now she's also of the tribe of Judah, which is praise. So she's really got really some, as we would say, she got some good DNA in her. <laughs> Amen? She's, she's got some good stuff in her. She's from two, two different lineages of, of good, good people of the children of Israel, of the Jewish line. Amen? Are you following what I'm saying? One of being of the, of the family of Benjamins, and now she's married into the, the family or the household, so to speak, of, of Judah. And that's a powerful thing. And, and, I, and then her name being like God, being perfect. And, you know, it's almost like, man, you got it all good all over you. And not only that, but she's, she's brought up as a, as a priest. In the home of a priest, she's a princess, but she's, run, she's brought into, she's been, she's been tutored under, so to speak, under royalty. And have we not been tutored under royalty? We have. We've been tutored under royalty. So I just want to share a little bit about her. Now, verse 20, Then David returned to bless his household, and his wife, Michael, daughter of Saul, came out to meet David, and she said, Oh, how glorious was the king of Israel today, who just stripped himself of his kingly robes and uncovered himself in the eyes of his servants, maids as one of the worthless fellows, shamelessly uncovering himself. Now, I don't know if she actually said it like that, but I think she had a little bit of an attitude. In fact, I probably should let one of you women say <laughs> Pastor Cindy, would, would you read... Could you, could you kind of like say it like it was? Okay. All right. Then David returned to bless his household, and his wife, Michael, daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today, who stripped himself of his kingly robes and uncovered himself in the eyes of his servants, maids as one of the worthless fellows, shamelessly, Oh, she did that so good. <laughs> that, that was probably that was really going on target, wasn't it, Pastor Bruce? Did you feel like you were? I'm not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not. You see, he, he learned that, that there was an old saying that, that I grew up with, he that keepeth his tongue keepeth his soul from hell. <laughs> Fiery hell. <laughs> and if you men have not learned that you just saw it in action it works very well <laughs> and David said to Michael 
Verse 21, It was before the Lord who chose me above your father and all of his house to appoint me as prince over Israel. The people of the Lord, therefore, will I make merry in pure enjoyment before the Lord. I will be still more lightly esteemed than this and will humble and lower myself in my own sight and yours. I just got to stop right there and got to say that again. He said, I will lower myself even more in my sight and in yours. You know what made David a man after God's own heart? That right there. He was not ashamed of God, but he wasn't ashamed to make it, even though if it, if it looked like he was just common, everyday man in the presence, still being the king, but he didn't mind just putting on his old work clothes. Hallelujah. He didn't mind rolling up his sleeves and said, look, it's just time to go to work or it's time to put on my sword. It's time to go to battle. He was a very common man, but he was, <laughs> he was robed in the robe of righteousness. And that's what God is looking for. Somebody who is willing to say, listen, you don't have to present yourself in such a way to everybody to make you think or to make them think that you're something that you're not. All we want, this is what God is saying, all I want is I just want your heart. And I want you to come to the place where you can say, I was still more lightly esteemed than this. <laughs> and will humble and lower myself in my own sight and yours. But by the maids you mentioned, I will be held in honor. You see, that's when we are really receiving the honor from God. It's when we humble ourselves. That's why I love that passage of Scripture and, I, and that song Pastor Bruce was saying, I think when he sang it, it was part of the words in that, talking about Tom. Um, uh, when he sang it the other night, huh? Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. How the rest of that go, Pastor Bruce? It's beautiful. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Mm -hmm. Restore unto me. Renew thy spirit within me. See, that's... You say... Well, well, Pastor Ron, that sounds so simple. It is. You see, because when that is your heart, then you don't have to walk around with your chest puffed out trying to be and exalt yourself and to be something that God never intended you to be to start with. All He ever asked you to be was a worshiper. All He wants you to be is a worshiper. You know, I can't, I can't be anything other than just a worshiper. Now, I can, when I'm offered the opportunity to minister the gospel, I take that and I do it to my best of my ability. But I know where my heart is. I know where my gifting is. I know where God has placed within my heart. He says, you're a worshiper. And each one of us tonight are worshipers. And I want you to understand tonight that God is more interested in us just worshiping Him. Somebody asked me one time, they said, well, what's the will of God for my life? I said, well, the only thing I know is that what brings God the most glory is just worshiping, just giving praise. When you don't know what to do, praise Him. 
if you're lacking something, praise Him. <laughs> Hello? You know, everything I found is in praise. Everything that I need is in praise to Him. So I, <clears throat> I just threw that in as a, a short rabbit trail. I wanna, I'm not going to be lengthy tonight, but I do want to spend just a few moments here talking about Micah. We see where David brought in the praise, and Micah has looked outside from the window. Where should Micah have been? She should have been right there in the middle of it. She should have been right there with the other ladies dancing before the Lord. You see, what happens is if we're not careful, we'll be like Micah. The presence of the Lord is, is, is just moving. And it can be just a simple thought. And usually that's all it takes. We can be in this sanctuary just worshiping. And you can have a thought like, like Micah. Well, look at him making a fool of himself. All because maybe that's not the way that maybe you were brought up. I was brought up in a Pentecostal type church. When I met Kelly, she was brought up in a Baptist church. When we went and got married, we went on the road full time. She began to see Pentecostals. And she was like, that ain't for me. I remember one time she said, <laughs> she had her hands really gripped up on that seat and we just got through doing a concert and the pastor said, I want I want you to come here for just a minute, young lady. And Kelly looked over at me and she said, she is not talking to me, is she? <laughs> I said, I think she is. I don't think she is. She said, oh, I want you to just come here. Come. She said, God wants to, wants to bless you. And she looks at me and is like, you know, should I go? I said, yeah. Yeah, go on, go on, go up. And she got out into the aisle and started walking and she hit the floor, fell out in the spirit, began to speak in tongues, and I couldn't get her to stop speaking in tongues, got her back in the bus, got her back in the bed. She prayed in tongues all night long, all the next day. But she made the comment, well, I will never act like that. <laughs> and she wouldn't had not the spirit of God gotten on her. But you see, I re I'm reminded, and I use that as an example because... Micah grew, up, Micah grew up in royalty with her dad, Saul, King Saul. And in all of this royalty, don't you know she, you know, Saul, it never says anything about Saul getting excited about the, in fact, it said that the presence of the Lord had left him and he was a very miserable man and he was always trying to get David to play so he would encourage him. Now she kind of grew up in a home in the atmosphere of a bunch of negative Anybody ever grow up in maybe that kind of an atmosphere or live in that kind of an atmosphere? So when all of a sudden you leave your house and the house of the atmosphere at home or even on the way to church, hello, <laughs> there's 
and I've hey, I, Kelly and I, we've had our discussions on the way to church. And then we've got to get up there and we've got to sing and say, glory to God, he's so good. I'll deal with you after church. But praise God. I know you all have never been. But see, but Saul, Saul was, Saul, Saul's daughter, Michael, this is what she, you got to remember what she, her house, home, her home life was like. There's turmoil. And, and, and Saul being bitter in his heart, that was, that was her dad. And I'm sure he created an atmosphere of, of, of evil in the home because the presence of God wasn't on him. If it wasn't on him, I'll guarantee the only time the presence of God was there was when David happened to come in with his harp and to do a little playing. It says, and then he played in the presence of the Lord, and then it would soothe Saul. Yeah. About the only time there was any really sweetness in that home was when David was playing his harp. Now, she grew up in this. And so now you got to just, and, and when I read this, I first, I wanted, to, I wanted to judge her. I thought, oh, man, she's got a name that says, like God, perfect, you know. She's, she's been brought into royalty. And, I'm, I'm one, and all of a sudden, when I was reading this and studying this, I kind of wanted to th throw stones at her. But I, then all of a sudden, the Lord reminded me, do you realize where she's come from? And aren't we so quick to judge in the church when there is praise going on and we're looking over there and thinking, well, she sure needed to wear something different. Is she going to dance around like that? Hello. Because maybe they didn't grow up like that, but maybe this is a new thing to them. But boy, they just know this is good, and Father, I love you, and I'm just going to praise you. Hello. So, but, but, and we, and we can, we can, we find ourselves, but, but, but I know better. Hello. And I wasn't raised that way, and I, somebody needs to say something to him or her. You see? But that's no different than the spirit of Saul. I mean, uh, spirit of Micah. No different. Because see what she was, she still had that bitterness in her heart. And something else you've got to understand too. She was married to David and turned around and taken from him and given to be the wife of another man. Now, I don't know about you, and I don't know what that's like. I've never been married and remarried and then remarried again. Or went back to the same woman. I mean, you talk about one life to live. All my children. I've never experienced that. And thank God for that. But I'll tell you what. Just to hear that. Think about that for just a moment. She, she had a pretty tough life. She was literally forced to. She was made to leave the man that she loved. To have to go and be. To be loved and to love somebody that she's given to. That she didn't choose. Hello. So is it only natural maybe that this is why she has this attitude? There's going to be people, and, and all of this is part of this tonight, people. This is all a part of you saying, well, I, want, I love the dance and the thing. But this is part of the foundation of the, the tabernacle of David that God is wanting to build. And it's a build in our lives that as these people come into play into this church and fill these pews or these seats and we're worshiping, we're building, we've got to, this is the house he wants, this is the life, this is the, this is the tabernacle. This is what he's wanting to build here at the Passion Church. And this is also a part of the building of the ruins. Come on. Re mending the breaches. And it's got to be within our hearts. 
And this is why this is why God said, oh, I've got to throw this into play right here because these people need to be reminded, yes, in the middle of praise and in all the midst of my presence, do not become critical. Remember what side of the window you're looking out of. Are you on the inside looking out? Are you on the outside looking in? Micah was on the inside looking out. She was looking at all this, the praise and stuff that's going on. And so oftentimes, I have even found myself, even though I love to worship, and I, that's my life is, to, is, to, is to, to, to worship, do worship and music. That's my life. But I have gone to other churches, hello, and sat down and became critical about something in the praise team. I'd say, huh, man, they let that go on? Or, wow, they sure don't do that right. Or, hello, man, they're playing in one key, and this guy's, a, man, don't he ever practice with them? Come on, hello. <laughs> and you know what? All of a sudden, I'm sitting there, but everybody else is just really wrapped up, and God is just moving, and I'm sitting over there in my own little world, and I have found a spirit. It's gotten on me, and I'm critical. It's called the spirit of criticism. But I love what this about Micah. She says to him, you're doing this? You know what he says to her at all? And this is just, this to me just spoke volumes. Because, because of her, her critical spirit, David never pushed her out of the kingdom. But I don't think he ever had intimacy again with her because she was barren. I really don't believe, I don't think she was ever called back in. That's my opinion. You're entitled to yours. But I don't think she was ever called back in to be in his presence. I know that says she was barren. She never bore children. That might have been the reason why she was barren. But God has never, ever pushed me out of the kingdom and never said I'll never be intimate with you again. And I thank God tonight that even though I have been critical, I've been just like Micah. When we begin to worship and, the, and the, this comes on you or an attitude of criticism or just a thought that can come into your mind, what God is saying to you tonight he wants to continue with the intimacy is that you're going to have to continue to praise him. You're going to have to deny that thought. You're going to have to repent immediately right then and say, oh, dear God, forgive me. Forgive me. And that's all it's going to take. This is all it's going to take. And you know what? I really believe that if Micah had gone back to David and said, please forgive me, I was wrong. I was wrong. See, she, she didn't get to build. She, she just didn't get have an opportunity. She didn't take the advantage of all the presence of God and all the joy that she could have just jumped right in and got there involved in it. But she had the wrong attitude. If we're going to continue to help enhance and keep the presence of God in this room and, in the, you know, and in, not just in this room, but in, in, in and on our lives, there's going to have to be a consistency of a bended knee that says, Dear God, forgive me today. Forgive me for that. Forgive me for that thought. That's why I've said to you so many times in my heart, this is my pastor's scripture, Create in me a clean heart. 
Oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. If that's your life, if that's the life that you're striving for and living for day in and day out, hour after hour, then you're going to have to be careful what's going in here and in here. Because you're going to come to church and you've been listening to something else all day. Hello. Or you've been watching something else all day. And you come in here and you're going to try to find your place in the presence, in the worship to be intimate with God. You're going to have a challenge. Unless you can bend that knee. And listen, there's going to come a time and there is coming a time. And, it, and now is in this particular situation where we are in this church is that God's going to require a consistency of a dedicated life that you are consistently watching what's coming in here and in here and what's coming out of here in order that we might reach the new level or the level that God is trying to bring this body of Christ in to so that we don't have to constantly always be falling on our knees saying, Father, forgive me, when it's the same thing over and over and over, we need to mature and say, this will not be no more in my life and I'm going to move on so I can enhance the presence and the power of God in my life. Amen. We will never grow unless we do. I remember there's, there's, been th there's things in all of our lives that we're going to have to drop. <clears throat> we're going to have to let go of. And man, I have been fighting these things. I got things in my life. I've been, I'm, I've been letting some things go. And man, it's been hard, Pastor. Oh, it's been hard. And some things I'm still dealing with. But what gives me the joy and what gives me the, the power to move on is, is that I can say, well, I've conquered that. Through Him, I've conquered that. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I did do that one, and I did that one, and I did that one. And you need to remind yourself of those things that you have overcome with the power of God on your life so that you can be encouraged to make the next step and say, this next thing that's a hindrance to God in my life, being intimate with Him, you will disappear in the name of Jesus. I will not let that be in my life. And you've got to do that on a consistent basis. Every day. Every day. Can't be just once a week or on Sunday. You come to church on Sunday mornings and say, well, I feel the presence of God. The reason that some of the things are still going on in our lives here in this church is because we've not made a conscious decision that we will not do that no more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's true. You say, well, how do you know? Well, it's been going on in my life. And that's why this thing that's, that God has begun to teach us about the tabernacle of David, it's been a blessing just for Kelly and I because it's causing us to have to lay things to the side. That I, some of these things, I didn't even realize it was an issue to God. But boy, in studying this thing, Pastor Bruce, huh? Yeah, he started showing me, wait. I've hated that. I, remember, I disliked it for all these years. But now you see it. Now what are you going to do? You're going to deal with it? Or are you just going to keep robbing yourself of a blessing because you won't deal with it? And God is saying tonight to every one of us and to me as well, every time He shows you something that is not of Him, deal with it. Deal with it. And don't go to somebody else in the church and try to find somebody. You seek God. Give God the opportunity. 
Somebody said, well, you know, I'm going to call Sister So-and-so. Sister So-and-so may be dealing with some stuff. She just needs to just, you don't need, well, hallelujah anyway. But God loves us. And this church is on the move. And I'm going to say something else tonight. Don't let these seats being empty fool you. Because I'm going to tell you something. We were worshiping the other morning, Pastor Bruce, and there was not people in these seats, but I saw people in these seats. I saw people sitting in there. I saw worshipers. I saw people swaying and moving into the presence of God. In my high, in the, in the Lord, let me see this. What, do I need that encouragement? Well, I don't know that I really needed that. Listen, I, I can worship with one, two, or three hundred, or a thousand, doesn't matter. But I know that there's people outside these doors that are just like Micah, who are living in the homes and been brought up in situations they need freedom from. They need liberty. They need to be released from. And when you come in here with praise on your lips, hands lifted before him as a sign of surrender with a humbled heart, and you just begin to worship, God's going to do those things. And he's not just going to do it for others. He's going to do them for you. Amen. And some of the things that I've been dealing with, I was just, I was just worshiping the other day, the Sunday morning, and the Lord just kind of removed something within my spirit. It's, it was a carnal thing. Can I say that? Is that okay? But if it's not of, if it's not of God, it's carnal. It's worse of the flesh. But I had been dealing with that thought in my thought pattern. All of a sudden, I'm worshiping. It came to me and I said, Father, I love you and I thank you. And I just thank you that that's gone. Never to be remembered again. I don't, I don't live there. I don't live there anymore. I don't live there anymore. Some of us need to come to the place and some are letting these things go and start saying, I don't live there anymore. I don't live in that house no more. I live in another house. I live in a house that's being cleaned and swept. I don't live in that dump no more. I don't live there anymore. Would you just say that with me? I don't live there anymore. Praise the Lord. God bless you tonight. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.